Welcome back. Now, Cecil has faced further shareholder pushback for its perceived lack of clarity on greenhouse gas emissions. With the latest being Old Mutual opting to not endorse Sassol's climate change report at the upcoming AGM. Sassol's carbon policy dominated discussions at the group's AGM last year. And this year appears likely to be no different. Graham Kerner from Kerner Perspective joins us now for a look ahead at Sassol's upcoming AGM. Thank you so much for your time, Graham. Uh, one person uh, who will not be in the firing line is Sipongosi. So he did resign as chair uh, literally a week before the AGM. And I, I know that we've had a lot of resignations and sudden resignations of top bosses on the JSC. But does the resignation of a chair before an AGM is that not jitter-inducing? It's very irregular. Um, I'm pretty sure he wasn't looking forward to the AGM. That's to be expected. But, you know, for a chair to resign a couple of days before an AGM, um, particularly given the, you know, the, the state that Sassel finds itself in after, a, you know, shambolic year or three, um, so you would have thought, yeah, I would have sort of dug deep and said, you know, I have to, Sees the, see this thing through. And also, of course, we need a new CEO to be appointed at Sassel. And you would have thought, um, having been in the seat for a while, he would be better placed to to guide on that. So very, very surprising. He may have very valid personal reasons for it, but it's uh, yeah, it was uh, not what one would normally expect of a, a chair a couple of days before an AGM. Well, a big shareholder, Old Mutual, uh, says that Sassol is not doing enough to reach those uh, climate uh, targets. Does Sassol does have enough muscle, even financial, to actually reduce emissions significantly? That's such a wonderful question, and it's one I, I battle to answer. I think my, mm. my short answer is... Um, it's going to be very, very difficult for them to transition. We need to remember what they produce. You know, they yeah. in large part convert coal, um, a dirty energy source, through a very energy intensive process into into fuels and, and other products. Um, you know, so how do you fundamentally and what, and what they produce in large part are, are fossil fuels that, that when they are consumed, they themselves produce uh, greenhouse emissions. So. You know, it sort of cuts to the essence of the model. And, and yes, progress is being made, um, you know, for example, in some of the more renewable sources and, and maybe finding different ways of producing diesel, for example. But at its core, it, it just makes so much out of traditional dirty energy. You know, I battle to see how it's going to transition that. You know, even with, you know, these hydrogen JVs with, um, with Anglo-American, for example, it really... Is, is so small in the context of the thing. If I remember correctly, I think Secunda produces 150,000 barrels a day, um, you know, through through traditional technology. And 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 unfortunately, you know, we had the, the mother of all hailstorms here last night and caused massive damage. And, you know, a lot of people would, would deny it and say, well, you know, how can you ever say it's Sassel's emissions at Secunda that have caused this? I'm not saying it's direct, yeah. but clearly climate change is real. And I think Sassel is in South Africa, the second biggest greenhouse emitter after Eskom. That takes some yeah. doing. And, um, and it's a Kunda plant from what I can remember, and I stand to be corrected on this, is the single biggest CO2 emitting project in the world. So, you know what, um, if we're serious as, as a country of making a contribution uh, to emission control, 
Um, unfortunately, Sassel and, and Eskom have to lead the race. So I don't think uh, old neutral is out of place. Um, I think if these giant producers of, of CO2 and greenhouse emissions don't step up to the plate, uh, you know, the rest of us can do what we like. It makes no real difference. But at the same time, I mean, you, you mentioned the essence of the business model and that they are the second biggest emitter of carbon emissions. Uh, but at the same time, are we not being too harsh on Sassol? And would it not provide a shock to the ecosystem if they, 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 they change too quickly in terms of trying to reach these, these climate change targets? I think that's the, the essence of the debate, is, is are they doing enough? And if you say, okay, well, we haven't achieved the goals we wanted to by now, yeah. let's, uh, you know, let's just change the rules of it and, and, and the targets, that's also not cool. You know? So at a point in time, management must, must stand up and be counted and, and live or die by that. And you can't just change you know, the metric or the rubric simply because you don't like the, the, the results. So I think that's really the essence of the mutual argument. Um, and they're not unique. I'm sure other shareholders um, feel equally strongly. And I think we all can endorse the fact that Sassel has to transition. Um, you know, either that or they should start being fined for their, for their emissions. And mm. if they're happy to do that and be paid, well, you know, that's fine as long as shareholders understand that the, the implications of that. But if I may say, you know, yeah. it's, it's forecast to deliver a little over 50 rands worth of earnings for the year to June next year um you know 20 rand or 230 rand it's ridiculously cheap but i think it's a massive question mark over the future and penalties and the need for them to transition or you know then we go away from the you know the carrot and we move towards the stick and the so i think i think they they, they run the risk of of actually running out of road uh, and 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 effectively the terms being dictated to them well, actually, uh, what could erode shareholder value more here? Um, them continuing with this business model or, um, yeah, just, you know. <laughs> yeah, so, yeah it's, it's such a beautiful question and it's not one I can answer. But I think, yeah. I think you know, if it's a business as usual and we just kick the can down the road and we don't make meaningful progress in, 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 in greenhouse emissions, um, then sooner or later fines will be imposed and that will be, you know, horrible. Yeah. Um, and the alternative is to say, well, you know, we have to re retool ourselves. And if that means, and I know for, for fossil fuel companies, this is like, you know, the, you know, one of the seven deadly sins, you just never shrink your asset base, you never shrink your output. But maybe that's what they actually need to do and say, mm -hmm. you know what, we're going to commit, you know, to certain levels of of emission control and if that means we actually produce less in aggregate well then maybe so be it and it might then force the rest of us also to embrace other technologies so um i don't know where the biggest value destruction is going to come from but mm. but sooner or later things have to give you know uh, the rest of the world is taking these emissions very very seriously you've seen it in ev sales in and hybrid sales elsewhere in the world you know we and i understand that there are policy and, and and regulatory issues in south africa but we really are behind the curve and i think we we're living in somewhat of a, a bubble where we're just not playing our part as a nation in terms of reducing our, our carbon footprint well thank you very much for your time and for your insights today on the developments ahead of that agm of course we will be looking very closely at that as it happens in a few days graham that was graham kerner from a kerner perspective